0: For New York Now, I'm J.R. Carlsbad, and this is On Film. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of On Film. I am, of course, J.R. Carlsbad, and I have been with New York now for the last 37 years, waking up every day and choosing once again to love film. I received some letters, folks. I received some letters after the last episode that I released to the public. Of course, I record a new episode every day, but I only release one a week. Last week's episode. With my coworker, Carla Donahue, I received some flack. In fact, if you can believe it, I received flack. I got hate mail saying that uh, the way I spoke to Carla was unacceptable. And folks, I'm just gonna say it, if you think the way I spoke to Carla was unacceptable, then I think the way you listen to the podcast is unacceptable. I think your understanding of how society works, is unacceptable. How about that? How about I try to cancel you? You're gonna to try to cancel me for for speaking with the truth, for speaking my mind, to my coworker. You think you think HR is gonna step in on this? Absolutely not. But I'm gonna consider your ass cancelled. How about that? How do you like it when you get canceled? I'm gonna start a a hashtag. Hashtag Jennifer is over, party. If your name is Jennifer and you're listening to this, you just shit your pants. I guarantee it. I'm certain of this. And if you didn't, oh boy, you've got, you've got a strong stomach. You've got nerves of steel and I commend you. And to you and only you, Jennifer, I apologize. But to Carla, to Carla I will never apologize. And Carla doesn't want my apologies. Carla respects me. Unlike those of you who wrote me hate mail. You wrote me hate mail. Jeremy had to send it to me because I don't know. Honestly, I don't know where you all got the address to send mail. It wasn't to me. You sent it to Jeremy's office. Who Again, Jeremy does not live in New York. He does not work out of the New York Now offices. You all could have sent the mail to the New York Now offices, but you sent it to Jeremy's office, which is in his house. I should have just said you sent it to his house. And then Jeremy had to send it to me. He had to forward the mail to me. He said, I'm not J.R. Carlsbad. This is for my boss, J.R. Carlsbad. And so he sent it to me. And then I had to open the mail humiliatingly. I opened it live on another episode that I was not planning on releasing, but I ask now that, Jeremy, you... You cut in the audio of me opening one of those letters. You know which one.
1: Oh, wow, fan mail.
0: I love some fan mail. Thank you, Jeremy, for sending me this. I'm so excited. I haven't gotten fan mail in probably 14 years. Jeremy, edit that out. Edit that out. I haven't gotten fan mail in probably like 14 years. Ever since the last time I got fan mail and it was just straight up anthrax. So I'm a little wary about opening this. I'm not going to lie. But I will do it because I am a newsman. Not really news. I talk about films. But you know. I work for a news organization. In the entertainment section. Of their podcast division. Really high up on the ladder. On the food chain. This podcast brings in tens of listeners every week and new york now oh they're watching they're watching those numbers they are watching those numbers stay where they are and occasionally go down and not really go up if they go up they kind of just go back to where they were and that's fine folks honestly i don't even want this podcast to be popular i don't jeremy edit this part out, but I'm practicing some reverse psychology. I think if I if I tell the listeners that I don't want this show to be popular, then they will want it to become popular. So check edit that out, but I'm gonna get back into it. Oh God, it would be so awful if people if people told their friends about this podcast and if they if they shared it on So Schmeed and if they if they texted it to their to their lovers, both public and secret lovers. You know what I'm talking about. The affairs. The affairs, you know. You know about the affairs. I know about them. Send send the podcast to the person you're having an affair with right now. I mean, don't do it. Fuck. I fucked up the reverse psychology. Jeremy, edit that out. Oh boy. I um Oh, right. The letter. Fuck. Shit. Jeremy. Jeremy, why don't you keep me on track? For once, if... I know you're not here, but I see you on... I always have you on a little Zoom, and your microphone is muted just once. You could unmute your microphone and say, Hey, JR. How about... How about you... How about... How about you get back on track, buddy boy? Daddy-o. Captain... Commander-in-chief. How about you get back on track? You could do that, Jeremy, but you don't. You choose not to. I'm starting to think this isn't even a Zoom call, and I'm just looking at a picture of a Zoom call, because you've, you've never once come off of mute, and it's really starting to, really starting to grind my gears, really starting to, to, to fuck with me. Okay, the letter... Sorry. Edit all of this out, Jeremy. Truly cut everything I've said in the last five minutes. Just delete it. I don't want the world to hear it. Okay, I'm just give me one second as I get out my letter opener. And now I will open the letter. All right. Here we are. I've got the letter right in front of me. This, this appears to come to us from someone named Christina. Thank you for writing in, Christina. I really appreciate it. Dear JR, You are a piece of shit. Consider yourself cancelled for the way you spoke to Carla in the latest episode of your hit podcast on film. I used to respect you but now, after hearing the way you speak to women, I think you are trash, a trash man who collects the trash. That's what you should do instead of instead of instead of doing a podcast, I'm not having trouble. It's said instead of three times, folks. okay, back into it. Instead of the podcast, you should be a trash boy who picks up the trash and then eats the trash because you love the trash. I think that would be a better use of your time than continuing this podcast, this disgusting podcast, where all you do is speak down to women. Okay, Christina. First off, thank you again for the mail. But come on, that was one time, I swear, if I ever have another woman on the show, and I intend to, I'm going to be so respectful, it's going to blow your butt off. I'm telling you right now, you, you'd you better believe it. I know you don't believe me, but you should. You should believe me, okay? Okay. Well, folks, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that clip from a an episode that you will never hear. That's all you're getting is just that little clip. Christina, wherever you are, because you're a coward and didn't include a return address, I hope Ooh. Ooh, I hope your spaghetti is cold. I hope the next time you order spaghetti, it comes to you cold. And then when you say to the waiter, Ooh, excuse me, my spaghetti is cold. They say, fuck you. I couldn't think of a better insult. I'm not an improviser. I'm a film critic. And that brings me to today's topic. A film. And you may be thinking to yourself, JR You've covered so many films on this podcast. How could there possibly be any left? Folks, let me tell you. The rate at which I record episodes is not enough to even keep up with the rate at which films are released. I will never run out of films to cover on this podcast. So help me God. God, are you listening? Are you a fan of the pod? I hope you are. So help me, please. I, I could really use the assist. Okay. That's... I've gone off track. Again.
1: Fuck. Damn it.
0: Edit. All of this out. The film we are talking about today is, of course, an important film. A film that had a profound impact on my life. You get it. This part's old hat. This is true about every every fucking film we cover on here. It's important. It's profound. It had an impact on my life. We get it. But I will keep saying it. The film we're talking about today is, of course, the 2013 classic Big Spoon, Little Spoon. How about a fork, ma'am? A real mouthful of a title, this one. I'll, let's just say that right off the bat. Big Spoon, Little Spoon. How about a fork, ma'am? was i believe the only film directed by frank frink frank frink of course was 11 years old when he directed this film and he has not been heard of heard from since frank frink decided he wanted to make a film about the things he's been hearing in his school and you know the children these days they they say such inappropriate things they're talking about big spoons and little spoons and frank thought it you know it's really it's a biopic about frank's life frank frank and his discovery of the meaning of the terms big spoon and little spoon because you know he of course thought you know there's the big spoon in the in the silverware drawer that's the one you use for like eating bigger things and then the little spoon that you use for eating littler things i don't dictate what you do with your spoons you know what I'm talking about. You got like two sizes of spoons, the big one and the little one. Okay, I can't explain spoons to you. You have to just you have to just figure that out on your own. But Frank he started he started asking questions. He said he said mama papa. I'm talking about the the film now, not Frank actual Frank. I'm talking about the character from the film. That Frank also he played himself. Frank frank says to his parents mama papa what is what is all this talk about big spoons and little spoons i mean we have our big spoons here and we have our little spoons but i don't get what all the hubbub is about and and his parents sit him down and and they have the talk they have the talk with frank and it really messes him up big time like we're talking we're talking nearly at the levels of like Of like the character Moritz Stiefel from Spring Awakening. Not the musical. I haven't seen it. The play that was adapted into a film that I've seen. I've never seen live theater. Get over it. I saw, of course, I saw the documentary about the Broadway musical Spring Awakening. So I've seen a little, I've seen bits and pieces. I'm aware of Moritz. And how sad he is because everyone's horny, but he's. He's not. He's just not, yet, at least. Maybe not ever, I don't know. But Frank Frink, he doesn't go quite to the levels that Moritz Stiefel goes to. We don't need to get into it. We really we <laughs> We really don't need to get into the the plot of Spring Awakening. It's so fucking sad. Anyway, Frank Frink, it really messes him up, this whole thing, and he goes on a he goes on an absolute tear he he goes running around the city wondering big spoon little spoon how could this possibly be how did i not know about this why why wasn't anyone telling me did they were they trying to keep this from me i don't understand and frank eventually finds himself after wandering the city for hours he finds himself in the comedy cellar in manhattan this film takes place in manhattan of course and Frank takes the stage at the comedy cellar, uh, not really willingly. He just sort of stumbles in and right as right as the MC is like, bringing up your next comic. And then he just stumbles in and falls into the MC and he grabs the microphone and, and he's like, where am I? I don't know where I am. I'm 11 years old. And the MC says tell them some jokes and Frank says oh you want to hear some jokes how about my fucking life it's all it's all t- turned turned upside down in the last 6 hours you want to hear something oh i've been walking around my school and everybody's talking about big spoon this little spoon that and i just found out what it means and I found out it's a a sexual innuendo, and I barely know what that is. I'm 11. And then Frank Frank looks dead into the camera and says, Big Spoon, Little Spoon, how about a fork, ma'am? And the audience loses their goddamn minds. They are on their feet, cheering for this child. They say, Frank, 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 Frank. Frank goes on goddamn Conan and tells the joke again. Conan retires. He quits his job. This was the inspiration for the podcast Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Because after this, Conan was like, I can never tell a joke on television again. I have to, I have to take it to the airwaves. I have to start a podcast that's going to become a radio station on Sirius XM because it's so goddamn popular. I of course don't want those kind of numbers, so please do not share this podcast with your friends. I'd be pissed if you did that. You see that, Jeremy? I did it again. Reverse psychology. These idiots are gonna eat it up like like an ooh ooh fresh cookies. Okay, so Conan retires, and Frank, he goes on a world tour of stand-up comedy. He starts by opening for Kevin Hart. But I'll tell you, by the end of that tour, Kevin Hart is opening for Frank. And he only has the one joke, is the thing. He just comes out and talks about the, uh, the spoons and then goes, big spoon, little spoon. How about a fork, ma'am? Over the course of his world tour, 417 people lose their lives by laughing too hard at Frank's joke. And the families of these people, they, they're furious. They come to Frank's house. They knock, They break down the doors and they say, Where's Frank? Where is the child? We need to speak with the boy. And Frank boldly comes down the stairs in this brand new mansion he lives in from all, from all the money he made. Of course, with his parents. He takes care of his parents. He knows where he came from. And he says, Folks, I'm ready to accept my fate. And... They all. He goes out onto the front lawn with everybody, where they proceed to beat the absolute shit out of him. But Frank is resilient. We hear in his head, while he's getting the absolute shit kicked out of him, he just is thinking, Big spoon, little spoon. How about a fork, ma'am? How about a fork, ma'am? How about a fork, ma'am? And then Frank goes into a coma, and he wakes up just a week later. It's not like a... It's not like a year's long coma. Those are really rare. those are really rare. He's only out for a week. when it comes to he he says, "Somebody hand me a legal pad. I have a film to write." And then he looks directly in the camera again and starts writing what will eventually be the film we are watching. It's meta, folks. All right, so this film was released. Uh, it was a it was a direct to video release not even on any streaming platforms, direct to VHS in 2013. That's pretty wild stuff. I did reach out to Frank Frink for an interview. I thought maybe I could get him on the show, uh, but he has not returned my calls. He would be about 22 now, I believe. And he, I've heard he's doing really well for himself. He, he left the film industry and decided to go live a normal life. He is now a professional swimmer. But every now and then in press conferences, after he wins another big race, they say, Frank, will you tell the joke? And he goes, no, no, that, that's behind me. That part of my life is behind me. I'm no longer a comedian. I'm a swimmer. I used to, I used to make waves with audiences across the world, but now I make waves in the pool by splashing around. And I think that's very profound, folks. And I think those are the words I would like to leave you on today. Shorter ep today. Sorry about it. Maybe it's longer. I actually don't know. I'm not, I'm not aware of how long I've been speaking. But um, folks, please, if you've, if you've enjoyed the show, I'm to- look Look, Jeremy has advised me that I need to encourage people to share this podcast with their friends if they like it Ugh. so I'm not going to do that I'm going to do the opposite I'm going to tell you don't share this podcast with your friends and with your family with your loved ones don't rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify don't you dare leave a review don't do it absolutely do not do that okay See, what I'm doing here is reverse psychology. By telling you this, I'm actually encouraging you to do it, and you're more likely to do it. Fuck, wait, I'm not supposed to say that! Jeremy!